it's like this, this, this crazy stuff that you see on social media. Like, oh, it's twenty four eight. You know, if you're not grinding twenty four seven, then you know, you know, yeah. you you don't, you know, you, you don't, don't grind, you don't eat, mm-hmm. you don't sleep, and it's just like, dude, stop. Like, you you need rest. Right. You know, any successful person would tell you rest is probably one of the most critical mm-hmm. components of becoming successful. Right. So there's no such thing as someone working around the clock. There's no such thing as someone being motivated right. all day, every day. It's just right. not possible. Hey, you guys, welcome to another edition of our interview series how gladiators are made. And today I'm so excited to introduce to you our guest, Mr. Jay Barnett. He is a speaker, a coach, and a family therapist. You guys, his insights on just thought processes and how we behave, and most importantly, how our childhood impacts our success today, right now in the present moment, is absolutely phenomenal and out of this world. So tune in as we talk to him just about life and how we can overcome and get through the hard stuff. So thank you, Jay, for coming on the show. Awesome. Thank you for I having me. I appreciate you for being here. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm excited because I, I didn't know I was a gladiator. Well, a lot of people did know until I sent them an email, in, uh, email invite asking them to be on the show. Right. So the purpose of this show is to teach other people that, you know, you can come out of whatever it is that you're in. This is how this person did it. This is how this person did it. Um, and really bring on guests who can highlight what the process looks like. Oh, I love it. Awesome. I love it. Awesome. So I know who you are because um, I've been following you on Instagram for a while now. And I want to give the audience a chance to get to know you in a little fun way. Okay. Um, so I want to do like a really quick this or that. And All right. It'll be, <laughs> it's easy. All so right. give me your answers and I promise not to judge you um, which one you would prefer. This okay. or that. Okay? All right. Or it's a would you rather. All right. So... An easy one. Would you rather have more time or more money? Um, more money. Okay. I thought you would say time. Because if I, I have more money, I can create the time. This is why he's on the show. That is true. I agree with you. I get that. Now, would you rather know all of the world's languages or be able to speak to animals? Uh, mm, all the world languages. Really? Yeah, Who I would want to talk to. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, I wouldn't want to speak to animals. I mean, I would like to talk to animals. No, well, I, I've, I mean, t- to me, you know, having a conversation with an animal, right, is not going to go any for further than just talking to the animal. Though. Yeah, it, it would be interesting. In all the world's languages, you can just talk to everybody about the same problems in English. Uh, not necessarily. I think you can talk to everybody from their their point of view mm-hmm. in life. So it's like, I would love to speak Japanese, right? Or love to speak Swahili or, uh, you know, just, I mean, I would just even love to be fluent in Spanish. <laughs> so I took three years of it That's in, very true. in, in That's high very school. True. And all I know is hola, so. <laughs> so. Okay, <laughs> got you. <laughs> would you rather be an adult your whole life or be a kid your whole life? Um, gosh, I would, I would, I would probably rather be an adult my whole life. Uh, I think, you know, being a kid is great. Uh, and, and you know, you, you see the memes, mm-hmm. you know, that people have on social media and it's like, I'm tired of adulting today. It's like, yes. 
dude, can I not adult today? Overrated. Yeah, it becomes overrated. But then again, I think, right, uh, the beauty in being an adult is just really having an opportunity to grow. Okay. And so it's like, you know, I wouldn't want to be Peter Pan. You gotcha. know what I mean? So I, I wouldn't want to grow up. <laughs> so. Tell me about the journey. Like, how? where did you start? What was your point A? Oh, my gosh. I think uh, my, my, my point A was really just... Uh, just really getting over a lot of uh, my childhood issues. Um, and you, you and I both know about, um, you know, adverse, you know, childhood experience, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, I had a lot of those traumatic experience from the divorce of my parents. Uh, you know, I grew up in a very religious home. My dad was a pastor. And after my parents divorced, um, I became very depressed and not knowing that mm -hmm. that's what it was. And I was just very brokenhearted from it. And so I think for me, after just struggling with that for years and after football ended, uh, just really not knowing who I was because for me, football was my coping mechanism. Uh, it was my outlet. Um, as it is to many, I, I feel African-American young males, mm -hmm. you know, they're either looking for a father figure or they're looking for something to do right. or they're looking for just a place to have belonging. And so uh, after, and, and just, you know, and, I know we're we're being very transparent, but I struggled a lot with uh, suicide, um, um, with just not only just with the thoughts, but uh, you know having uh, two attempts, and so surviving that and just really uh, discovering that God had purpose for me beyond everything that I had you know gone through as a young uh, a young kid and even as a young man, and so going to therapy and and really finding uh, hope. And just the fact that God had me here for a reason, right. that's where it began for me on that journey. Gotcha. And so, and and just, and, and identifying, because, you know, you, you heard people talk about, oh, you got to find your purpose in life. You got to find your purpose. But, you know, no, a lot of people really don't know what that means. No. And really purpose is, is really the intent of why something or someone was created. And really it was just, me discovering what was the intent of why God made me. Right. And uh, I'd, I've always worked with young people in my dad's church. And uh, through that process, God allowed me to discover my voice, you know, inside of my silence, mm -hmm. because I was a very quiet when my parents was going through divorce. Like I didn't want to talk. And I was very, um, uh, this is very withdrawn and uh, very detached. And, um, and God began to show me that, the work that I did with the teenagers and the kids and like church, you know, uh, this is almost like, um, you know, every fifth Sunday, it was youth day at my mm -hmm. dad's church, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, the kids would raise an offering, right. you know, sing in the choir and I would give the message. And so I started then and, and God brought it back full circle with wow. my speaking and with my books and, and mentoring programs and, right. you know, here I am. That's amazing. And I think that even as a therapist, one of the things that um, you encounter is that while we're all on this journey of purpose, while we're all trying to figure out what did God put us on this earth to do, um, and just the day to day of acting it out and being that thing, it is very hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to stay encouraged. It's hard to stay focused. It's hard to stay motivated. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the times people are coming into therapy because they do feel the depression around feeling like they're failing or I just can't get it together. 
um, I'm just lost. I don't, I don't know what the next step is going to be. Right. Um, what would you, I mean, what would you say is some of the things that have helped you or you have shown others how to do as far as how do they get through those hard times? I, I think one of the things is that, you know, uh, for, for myself growing up in the church, we were, um, we were, we were taught, uh, to, you know, just kind of pray about it and, mm. you know, God is going to bring you out of it, pray yeah. about it and God is going to work it out and fix it. Um, we were really not taught how to express, feel, uh, process, right. uh, to even, um, to be able to, uh, decipher like what, like, what is this? You know right, what I mean? Right. And so, uh, a lot of people live, you know, with a lot of, uh, you know, just, repressing, you know what I mean? And just, you know, living with this stuff that, that had been lying dormant for years. And I, I think one of the things that I share, even with some of my clients is it's okay to feel it. Right. It's okay to not be motivated. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's like this, this, this crazy stuff that you see on social media, like, oh, it's 24, eight, you know, if you're not mm-hmm. grinding 24 seven and you know, you know, yeah. you, you don't, you know, you, you don't, don't grind, you don't eat, you don't sleep and it's just like, dude, stop. Like you, you need rest. Right. You know, any successful person would tell you rest is probably one of the most critical mm-hmm. components of becoming successful. Right. So there's no such thing as someone working around the clock. There's no such thing as someone being motivated right. all day, every day. It's just right. not possible. Right. And so I think, you know, being able to uh, provide individuals with the space to feel um, and then as they're feeling it helping or not helping them, but allowing them to identify what is that to you, you know, um, because, you know, there's a difference between being depressed and having feelings of sadness. Yes. And so really just helping people kind of uh, uh, navigate through this stuff, I think, has, has really been um, a, a, a really a great deal of help, you know, for, for my, myself in, in, uh, in practice and then just allowing people to be humans. Yes. And I, yes. I, and I think that's so important because we live in a, a society to where, you know, uh, social media has created this very dangerous uh, perspective that mm-hmm. you have to be perfect. Yes. And I think that people lose sight of the fact that it's normal to not be okay. Exactly. That you're Absolutely. not supposed to be okay all, all the, time. the time. Yeah. And, like, and, you know, even being a therapist or a coach, like people look at me as inspiration and motivational. And I tell them, like, I got good at inspiration and motivation because I was not yeah. <laughs> inspired or motivated at one point in time. Yeah. But I, I think, but also in that, right, mm-hmm. we, it's, it's, it's being able to feel both the good right. and the bad, but it's making a decision to choose which right. you're going to embrace. Exactly. Right. Because it's there's always a choice. Right. Exactly. Because there's always a choice. And I think, and it's just like, you know, with the loss of Kobe, it's, um, it's one of those things where, you know, it's okay to have these feelings of sadness and it's okay to grieve and to feel that, you know, man, this is a tragedy. But then on the other side, right. It's beautiful because he lived this life that inspired and that changed so many right. people, not just in the, the, the realm of basketball, right, right? right? But people, you know, in tech, you know, people, uh, uh, their academy, you know, he won an academy for, you know, directing, you know, uh, dear basketball. So it's like, you know, so we don't have to 
be told that, well, you know, you shouldn't be, you know, you should be crying or you shouldn't, you know, you should be happy. So it's, and I just think, you know, there's a lot of just misguided information and, and, and misguided people in this day. And so I think it's important for us to yeah. feel all of the emotions. And I think even the conversation around what to do with your emotions is relatively new exactly. for a lot of people. Exactly. Um, yeah. Especially it's unique because as a therapist, you know, this is ingrained in us from day one. Yeah, so right. we're more comfortable having these types of conversations. Yeah, absolutely. But for a lot of people, when I ask them questions like, you know, what do you feel about that? What was the emotion? And they can't fit, like they cannot articulate an actual emotion. Yeah, um, they'll say what they think about it. They'll say, you know, how it, where, what it made them do. Yeah, but it, you can't actually put an emotion to it. Right, and exactly. And so the lack of emotional intelligence. Oh my gosh, that's, that's, man, listen, that, that's my favorite thing <laughs> to work on, especially right. like when corporations bring me in for EAP yes. training. I'm like, yes, man, you have got to be, America. you have got to be yes. emotional intelligent. Yes. Oh my gosh, you have got to be able to know how to feel something, identify the emotion, and then respond. Exactly. And it's key in communication because one of the largest breakdowns in relationships, whether it's with you know mom and dad, sister, brother, um, coworkers and boss, it's always this thing of, I felt you did something that made me feel a certain type of way. Right, yeah. I responded because of how I felt. Right. I can't really tell you what I felt. <laughs> exactly. I just know that I did what I did. Exactly. And so, we can't have a resolution because right. now we can't communicate about the problem. Right. You know, you, you're absolutely right. And one of the things is like when, like whenever I see couples, right, and it comes in and they tell me what's going on or whatever, I always ask this question. I said, well, do you want a solution mm. or do you want to solve the problem? Yes. <laughs> and they're just like, I feel like, do you want a solution or do you want to solve the problem? And mm -hmm. then I, I take them through this exercise uh, calling understanding your pain response. Mm. And um, it's, it's great because uh, understanding your pain response is also understanding the emotion that follows behind the pain that's associated with whatever you're experiencing at the right, moment. Right, right. So for an example, if because most times when people are in conflict, right, and when there's disagreement or arguments, and especially in relationships, you know, he said this and you felt that. And, and a lot of times I'm asking, like what you just said, okay, when you feel abandoned, Right. Where does that take you? What is your response to that right. pain of feeling abandonment? And as you said, many people don't even know what to do with their emotions. And so uh, many of them have either ran from, you know, or um, they've either acted out or, or should I say they've only reacted because right. most people are reactionary right. rather than responsive. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the ability to say, hey, listen, what you said to me made me feel unwanted. And when I feel unwanted, I withdraw. Oh, yeah. See, that's a whole so, different level of insight. So, like, that's not step so, one. Exactly. That's, that's right. the ultimate goal, right? That's, right. that's, want, ex ex that's ex what we want people to get to. Oh, my gosh, um, man. And I'd be like, and I'm, and I'm sitting in a session and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, because you know but you know what though and, and step one when you talk about emotions when you talk about getting through the hard stuff step one is always going to be able um to have that insight to identify what what is it where did it come from um but step two is linking it to what i've been through and a lot of people cannot make that connection between 
how they're feeling in the moment is connected to something that they've experienced in the past. Right. And, and then, of course, a lot of that, too, right, is mm -hmm. cognitive distortions. Right. right? So oh, it's definitely. like, you know, my thoughts have created, you know what I'm saying, me to have this inaccurate perspective on my reality, right. which is which has nothing to do with nothing what's actually with going on. No. And so, uh, but, and that's the thing too, like I love about being a therapist because it's like, it's so many different methods and techniques to, uh, to, uh, to bring a person to wholeness and to freedom. Uh, but you know, when people come in it's, and, and I tell them, I'm like, yo, listen, man, th this, this is a journey, mm -hmm. you know, healing is a journey and wholeness is the right. goal. Uh, and so it, it's, it's, it's amazing to see how many people are not able uh, to really identify where their patterns come from. Mm -hmm. Because many times, and let's just be honest, right, who wants to really go and look within their family history mm -hmm. and to see how did my dad act, how did my mom act, and how was grandmama, and how was granddaddy? And nobody wants to dig. And so, you know, you, you said earlier, talking about a lot of relationships is like, uh, a lot of people don't even know what, who, who, you know, who or what made them mm. and not realizing that yeah. the environment has shaped, you know, the system in which they function right. in. And many of us, right, especially in our community, we've, we've learned how to function and dysfunction. Yes. And we, yes. and we've normalized it. And that's, that's when they, yeah. they yeah. I just had that conversation with someone and I think that you have a unique way of actually communicating to people how their childhood and their upbringing is affecting how they're showing up in their lives currently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's it's massive. It, I cannot tell you how how huge it is. Um, it's like we become adults trying to trying to fix what happened as kids. Yeah, and that's, have that's no all idea. of us. That's that's all of us, man. Like yeah. it's so funny. I, I posted something in my story, so I said many of us were 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 not damaged through the divorce, mm -hmm. but our hearts were broken because of the divorce. Right. You know what I'm saying? And because we had an expectation as a kid, like my parents, especially for me, like my parent divorcing, like, mm. because I remember very vividly watching uh, in this episode of these parents got a divorce and they were arguing over what the kids was going to do. Mm. And it was just like a nightmare. Right. You know, and the kids are crying and I was just like, and so for me, I was like, man, that would never be us. Mm. And man, I, I can to this day, I can still see my dad calling my sisters uh, and myself in the room and says, hey, you, me and your mom are getting a divorce. And the look on my sister's face, man, was just like, it, it was just, it's something I would never forget. Right. And it's those moments, you know, that I remember that has really set the course for me to really bring healing to young people that I've experienced that and then teaching them how do they navigate through it, you know, because it's, it's a tough thing to it lose is. your parents. Mm -hmm. And uh, because once that system is broken, yeah, yeah. you have a very distorted view on life, relationships. Absolutely. Um, many of us are struggling mm -hmm. as adults from the result of our parents' actions mm -hmm. within the marriage. Yes. Or just our parents, period. Period. Oh, my <laughs> right? God. Yeah. Um, a lot of people lose sight that, you know, many of us were raised by broken individuals. Yeah. And we inherited their brokenness. We inherited their yeah. fears. We inherited their insecurities. Um, 
That's just the bag you got, right? Yeah. And I, I taught, um, you know, I, I would always teach um, my clients that <laughs> you're not responsible for the bag you got, but you are responsible for healing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, like, I agree like, with that. And it, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not. And a lot of people get stuck on the fact that it's not fair. I shouldn't have to do it. They should have been better. They should have given me this. They should have. Yeah. They should have been better parents. Right. But they weren't. Right. And and two, you know, one one of the things that when I was going through therapy the first round and um, but I didn't get this revelation or should I say this? Um, yeah, this revelation until, you know, I've gone through therapy and then um. I read my book and what I realized is that my father had did the best he could and that my expectations of him could not exceed the abilities that he were given, meaning that he didn't have the capacity to function in the role of a father. He only knew how to be a provider. Exactly. And, and one of the difficult things for me was that my father was, was amazing pastor. But I always had an issue and a challenge with how he was as a father. Right. And so that, 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 you know, that, that was very difficult, you know what I'm saying, for me. And so, you know, when I got to a place to where I was whole mm-hmm. and I was able to have a conversation with him to tell him, like, man, you have to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. And that was so hard for my dad. He just broke down and he was, I said, Pop, it's okay, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, we have uh, uh, amended the relationship and just to really think about it, I can imagine, I can imagine it's difficult to watch a son uh, do all the things that I'm doing and him not be a part of it. And so, uh, because he'll talk to my sisters all day, like he'll text them and they'll screenshot and sent. And he sent a text one day. He says, man, Jay is doing stuff, man, that I've always dreamed of. He's like, man, this kid is like traveling the country speaking. But here's the thing, though. He can never say that to me. So what I had to what I had to learn how to do is I had to learn how to embrace Mm -hmm. who he is and not expect any more of what he can't be. That is so true. And so what that does is it eliminates my anxiety. It eliminates disappointment mm-hmm. because I don't have an expectation yeah. for a man to perform, yeah. you know, when he's not capable of that. Right. And a lot of us keep getting hurt by those relationships because we keep having the same expectations. Because you know why? We're, we're hopeful for potential. Yeah. We want them to be better. We want I them want to you to be better. What, what, I, what I think you should be. Right. Exactly. I want you to be the dad I thought you should be. I want you to be the mom I thought you should be. And we're not realizing that that is our own individual expectation and we're not giving them grace to be human. Exactly. And one of the things is, is that, uh, you know, when I, I hated my father for years, man. And, um, you know, uh, and when I was leaving football and I had a, like a really another legitimate shot and I was just like, I'm done. So he didn't speak to me for like years and I didn't even know why. And come to find out, he was upset that I walked away because he was living vicariously through me. Oh, wow. And so, because my father missed his football opportunity, he, you know, um, ended up having a child. And so, uh, and my cousins, you know, they played in the league. And so we all had this opportunity, but, and he was just really, and, you know, and it was after I had my opportunity with the Packers and he was just like, you know, and and he said that, you know, I wanted you to do this, Mm. you know. And what I realized is that, you know, our parents, man, they're, they're interesting people, 
because you don't realize who your parents are until you start to grow older and yes. you age yes. and you find out what their issues were mm -hmm. based off of their relationship with right. their parents, right. not knowing that yes. big mama and mama and so on and so, so forth, they've had issues for years, for years. and not realizing that um, I was in Atlanta and I was doing a radio show about one of my books and talking about me and my dad and my aunt lives in Atlanta. She called me and uh, she texted me. She said, hey, call me when you get off the air. I said, all right. And uh, so I called and she says, man, I got to tell you what happened to your dad when he was a kid. And so my dad has seven brothers and my grandfather couldn't stand him. And so my dad was my grandmother's favorite and my mm. And so, and I'm, and I'm gonna be real transparent. My father saw my grandfather cheat. Oh, wow. Now, I'm gonna bring this full circle. Five years old, mm -hmm. we're in a lady's house that I know is not my mother. Her and my dad are having wine, right? Okay. And I can still see this today. I can still see the lady's lipstick on the, on the glass. Okay. And this is why if you don't break generational curses, yeah. And you don't break dysfunctional patterns and families, it's repetitive. And not knowing that when she told me the things that he saw and how, and so he treated my dad like crap because my dad saw him mm. and it changed his view of him. Right. And when I saw that, because I went home and I, and I didn't tell my mom until like later that I was like, Hey, she was like, where y'all man? I was like, Oh, we was at some lady's house. You know what I mean? And it just, yeah, like, you know, I'm five right. years old, right? So, yeah. and, um, and like then on, like me and my dad, like really had like a very strange relationship. Yeah. And um, to the point to where like, you know, we would go to church, and, you know, on Sunday, we was this big happily family, but Monday through Saturday, it was pure hell. Yeah. And not realizing that he was only doing to me what was done to him. You know, yeah. and like like my sisters, oh man, like he'll call him, he'll talk to them and stuff like that. But like when it comes to me, yeah. you know, and just now and repairing the relationship. And I've even learned that my healing demonstrates to my family what functionality looks like. like. Exactly. Because I'm the first of a little bit of everything in my family. Oh yeah, right. So and I, and I left home at sixteen. So I left home because things were dysfunctional. So I have been disconnected from them for a very long time. So that when they do see me now, I'm totally different from who I was growing up. Right. And my healing and me and my mother had a whole conversation about it. Um, she couldn't, you know, during the time, no one understands why the breakdown is happening. Everybody just knows it's broken. Um, but as she's seen me age into an adult, you know, she got to a point where, you know, she apologized and she was like, you know, I knew that you wanted better. I didn't know how to give it to you. Yeah. And that's and, the majority of them. Yeah. And I think that as I become a woman and I started experiencing life on my own, I had no choice but to forgive her because I was like, life is hard. Like yeah. life is hard. And I can't imagine doing it with five kids. Man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, so, it's, and it's hard to try to navigate without the proper tools. Right. And that's what we don't have as, as yeah. especially when it comes to the African-American community. Don't like, we don't have the tools. And then we don't have the models. And then right. the models that we have are so fragmented, they're right. so broken, they're so distorted, yeah. and they're so dysfunctional to where it's normal. And here I am, and, and I'm just kind of like, I said, Mom, 
I know what's going on. You know, I'm like 10. I'm like, like, this is not like this. And I, was, I said, mom, this doesn't make sense. Like, sense. you know, yeah. we go to church on Sunday, and, you know, praise God. And y'all argue, argue and literally fight all the way home. Right. And for myself. And one of the things that's a trigger for me is that like yelling, screaming, like in a relationship, if I hear that, oh, like I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And but but then again, right, we have these triggers, which I call are they are they they are emotional landmines. Yes. And so you don't realize until somebody step on that joker. No, you don't. And, and you just like, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. And, and I'll be the first to tell you, like, listen, I, I can converse and communicate, mm-hmm. but when that thing goes from there, because what it does, yeah. it takes me back to my childhood mm-hmm. because it was constant. So yeah. it's so much to dig and unpack because, right, yeah. it's like as we it's are, a lot. It's, it's a, a lot, lot man. As, and I think you said it earlier, is that that first step is gaining the insight, figuring out, yeah. first of all, how to identify your emotions, yeah. figuring out what are your landmines. When I tell you, I found out one of my landmines was eating cereal one time. Really? So weird. Interesting. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. So um, an ex made fun of me for eating cereal. And um, in my next relationship, I was eating cereal and he, he made a joke about me eating cereal and I damn near lost it. I was like, don't you dare. I'm going to eat all the cereal I want to eat. But it was trauma from a previous relationship. Yeah. And so if you don't know, and a lot of people don't know what their landmines are until you just step on Yeah. It. So but it's identifying what are the landmines, taking ownership of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because like I said, it may not, you may not have been the cause for the brokenness, but exactly. you're responsible for it. Right, exactly. And it's so important for people to, to also uh, create an internal map mm-hmm. to connect the dots, as you said, like, where did this come from? You know, is this something from my past? Is it something right. that I've heard? And, um, and I think that's necessary and also just self-awareness and this is why i push therapy to everybody everybody, man like especially to men because i you know i i i I interact with a lot of men and um you know in entertainment um a lot of men uh professional men Mm -hmm. and and i'm often telling them i said man listen bro i've sat down in front of a lot of successful men that were broken little boys so it's because the success does not fix the inward mm-hmm. issue. No, it doesn't. You know what I mean? And so uh, I, I, I'm grateful that God allowed me to go through all of that stuff to get to this place to where I can be an advocate for men and allow them to say, hey, man, you can be a masculine, man. You can be, you know what I'm saying? You know, because, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a stigma like, oh, black men don't do therapy. But I'm like, no, man, listen, I think it's dope for you to yeah. identify what your issues are. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't mean that, you know what I'm saying, you're not worthy of being respected as a king. Right. If anything, it shows your strength to say, hey, I know there are some things about yes. me that I want to get better in. And there's some things that I want to heal from. Right, right. So I don't pass this stuff down to my kids. And that's what I'm I'm mm-hmm. all about. And that's legacy, about man. legacy. Exactly. At the end of the day. It's, it's all about, about legacy. What is the legacy that you're leaving? And are you going to continue to spread the brokenness that you inherited? Right. So I absolutely love the work that you're doing, especially because I saw um, your program at TSU. Yeah. Working with the youth there. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that program, the King's program. Knowledge is necessary game. I love that program. We take... Um, about 20 incoming freshmen, you know, boys from all over, you know, coming into college first time and being able to give them eight weeks of just not only just advice, but uh, really give them the opportunity to be in a safe, intimate space um, to 
also uh, allow them an opportunity to share okay. some things that they wouldn't normally talk about. So it's a brotherhood, uh, and, and I've been blessed to have a great group of guys that support it um, and, and, and to continue to expand the territory because I think as we continue to build these young men, right. you know, this is going to help us to change uh, the, uh, the course of the next generation. Definitely. Because y'all, y'all women and y'all are kicking butt right now. Yeah, like, we are. Like y'all are. Like, and we're behind. But you, and I'm going to tell you why. You know why? Yes. Again, goes back to our dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. Mamas raised their daughters. And they babied their sons. So I'm now y'all are all, I'm not and now you. y'all are all up, successful, educated, That's doing your true. thing, and now ain't nobody to marry. Because when you got your, and like, you know what I'm saying? That's a whole nother video. That's a whole nother video. So, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, yes. and, and, and we're behind as men, but, you know, uh, myself and some other brothers that I'm connected to that are therapists, um, speakers, coaches, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of good brothers out there doing a lot of great things, and, you know, course they're not going to display that in the media right, because right. we got to keep the depiction you know what i mean that the black man is you know a bad guy and he got all these right. issues but, but you are uh, definitely breaking that so, stigma with the work that you're doing with the youth yeah thank um, you thank you and i want to thank you for coming on the show yes thank you for having um, me I, I, like, feel, I feel like we need to have a part two because uh yeah whole, let's do it that whole last comment about not marrying the black that's a video that is a whole conversation that we need to have but um yeah thank you for coming now i do want to ask you um three gladiators that you think i should interview um that can add value to the show oh here in houston Mm -hmm. or go go oh oh my gosh um there's a rob coates Mm -hmm. uh he's a good friend of mine's um uh entrepreneur um Rob, Rob is, I love Rob's mind. Um, and I love the way he process and like, you know, he goes over things over and over and over. And, um, and then he's like, all right, now I'm ready to move. And I think, you know, having perspectives from guys like him, um, uh, is, is great because everybody process different. Like my process is like, right. you know what I mean? A day and then I'm ready to make mm-hmm. a decision. Um, I have another good guy, uh, uh, Kevin Boudreau. Um, I'm, I'm actually speaking from him in March. He does a annual boys boot camp, and okay. so um, he's a brother who, and he's big on uh, uh, presenting, you know, uh, yourself as a young man, a young king. Um, and then uh, another guy, he's actually these men actually work in my king program. His name is uh, Embatimi Bassi, okay. and so. Uh, guy has a a very dynamic story very moving and so all of these guys are you know i'm familiar with and so uh, i think they're gladiators because and and i like these guys because no one knows them Mm -hmm. because sometimes we can like see people all the time it's just like like i like the people man that you know that are flying beneath the radar but they're really making an impact because impact without i mean you know you know influence without impact is 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 nothing so yeah Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, well, this is thank fun. Thank you, Jade. Yes, this yeah. was fun. So yeah, uh, we have conversations like this whenever we are in contact with each other. So I yeah, I know, right? Yeah. To videotape it. So where can they? Where can the people find? Oh uh, yes, they can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, okay. uh, King J Barnett. 
all that good stuff. And also, yeah, I, I have to highlight uh, my virtual online counseling uh, site launches next week. And it is uh, Amazing. KGBcoaching.com. Okay. And so uh, mental health coaching, counseling, and it's all virtual. So we, we can do. go and get this in real time. Yeah, you can get this in real time. No. And uh, go on there to the calendar. Uh, you can schedule it, fill out the intake, awesome. and pay. So yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so we we're we excited about that. So, Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sonic. And I thank you enough for coming on the show and demonstrating to people what is possible when they do the work. So yes, thank you, absolutely. Jay. Thank you for and having. For you guys, catch us on the next episode of How Gladiators Are Made. If you guys have enjoyed this interview, then I think that you should definitely like, comment, share, and subscribe. There's going to be a lot more interviews coming your way. So make sure that you hit the notification button so that you can be notified when we have our next great, amazing gladiator on the show.